Good morning and welcome to the podcast. And this is episode two. We're excited that you're here with us again. The Church and Coffee with Friends. And that's you because you're with us. So thanks for joining us if you have a cup of coffee. This is a great time to bring it out, test it out. Hopefully it's something really good and tasty. What are we drinking this morning? That's a good question. This morning, we're drinking... I I love it when you say that's a good question. It's so affirming to me. Okay, I'll try to do that a little bit more. We're drinking a coffee from Kenya, which is in the country of Africa, according to Trump, right? (laughs) The country of Africa. It's always the country of Africa. Oh, Kenya is an awesome country. Shout out to our good friend, David. David Sarar. Sarar. And I know Jacob and Kim, you're out there saying, hey, what about us? Because we've got many friends in That's Kenya. That's right. They moved to Kenya last year, right? Yeah. Wait, wait, I don't, wait, I don't wait, know wait, if they wait, wait, wait. ended up going back. back to Tanzania. I mean, what's the difference between Tanzania and Kenya? Oh, my goodness. Cultural appropriation in this episode is brought to you by Bobby Sayer. I will not be saying anything bad. Joseph got slightly reprimanded for some comments uh, in the last episode. But it was all, Joseph has a good heart. Thank you. you know. <laughs> he has I a can, good heart and a little J. This is a medium roast. Are you? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. And Bobby made this this morning in the Chemex, which I thought did a really good job because you have to be pretty good to do it in the Chemex. So yeah, thank you well, for that. Yeah, you're welcome, Joseph. Ground Shoot. the beans because it takes a team to do something great in life. Open up your own little shop here. I don't think I'm called to do that, but who knows? I, w- I, I like serving coffee for church and events and that kind of thing, you know? But gives it's a conversation starter. What if the need is your calling and there's a great need for coffee? That's sometimes I that's ask these questions I'll that don't have, have to, good answers. I have to think Sorry. about that's deep. All right, but uh, I think there will always. I guess my answer to that is there will always be a bigger need than coffee, maybe. And again, <laughs> I have been put in my place. This cup of coffee is really good. I'm enjoying it. Me too. Joseph is drinking his black. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Why, why do you prefer black? When I was about 10 years old, my father sat me down and said, son, if you're going to drink coffee, because I was drinking coffee, putting tons of sugar in it, a couple tablespoons, cream, you know, flavored cream, which is like that meme that says, I thought I liked coffee. Turns out I like cream and sugar. But my dad sat me down and said, if you're going to be a man and you want hair on your chest, you got to drink it black. And once you go black, you will never return. Actually, that's not true. I've heard a lot of people who will drink black coffee for a while. You know, yeah, this is good. But I feel like it, it becomes like a test of your manhood every time you're drinking coffee. Yeah. And there may be bigger, better tests of your manhood that are out there. Well, I, won't, I would be lying if I said that sometimes I sat down to a cup of coffee and thought maybe this would taste better with some cream and honey in it glad we're finally getting some honesty from the black coffee crowd but still i would prefer to drink it black yeah i need to try it again it's been a while since i've you know, tried the, to do it but uh, i think it has to be kind of a little bit of a lighter roast to really do you that know, see, if it's super black, that's interesting i don't know because i'm the opposite dark. i if it's a lighter roast then i'll want to put cream and honey in it but if it's a darker roast then that's how i like it by the way, the coffee we're enjoying this morning is the notes are juicy and complex. Is that what it said? 
That's what it said. Oh. So. I, was, I, I knew I was feeling confused for a reason. It's because of all the complexities. Yes. So I don't know if Kenya as a whole is juicy and complex, but at least the coffee is. This is sounding like a game of apples to apples now. Apples to apples always goes wrong. Well, yeah. You were mentioning your dad and coffee. Yeah. So something that I always feel guilty about when I'm like grinding beans and measuring it out and using this special brewing method is how weak we are in our generation. Like our parents, they would be so happy and so content enjoying a beautiful can of Folgers coffee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, some of that, I think, I don't think Folgers has always been the way Folgers is now. I don't. I don't believe You don't that. agree? I don't agree. Because I, I think Companies we were more like that. ignorant of things back then. Okay, but it's proven that companies like Folgers add sawdust to coffee to make it go further. It's proven. Like with Joseph proofing patterns that people pay for. If you're in Montana, we love you. But I think that Montanans have a tendency to question things. And that's good. That's healthy. Don't you think that's healthy? It is healthy. I mean, but you can do too much questioning. So what would you say to the people in North Korea? Don't question your government. Nope. Don't do that. Nope. They've got good haircuts over there. You don't want to question that. I mean, North Koreans, they probably actually are eating sawdust. And so, yeah, it's kind of a sensitive That's another good topic. Uh, podcast. We read a really good book about that a long time ago. You need to tell us about that in a second. Okay. But what is your favorite coffee method? Okay. I like to do French press. We started that in November of 2013 after we had been married for about nine months. And then every single day. Pretty much we've made a French press. And I think someone in our church gave us a French press. I think Dan and Eileen Badovinic just gave us one, and then we just started doing it. I like French press, but it's not my favorite. I I like the classic drip coffee. That's my favorite, the mm-hmm. drip method. And then so you like doing the Chemex because you can really control the drip. I mean, Chemex is drip coffee. Okay. Yeah, it's pour over. It's dripping. You guys are through there. If you're not sure what Chemex is, we'll we'll try to put a link in the show notes so you can oh. check it out. But yes, it's basically a pour over method. I think maybe you like French press. Does you do you make the coffee or does your wife make the coffee? Usually I make it. Okay. But Whitney makes it too. But usually I do. I just thought maybe wives in general wouldn't like making drip coffee because of the verse. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Sorry, it's early in the morning. The drippings of a. I just know that every time that I had mentioned to my parents in the past, like, hey, do you, you know, do you use, do you grind your beans fresh? I mean, that's something that's kind of new to our generation that our parents didn't really do, just something simple, right? like grinding the coffee. Like, I don't even know if our grandparents knew what a coffee bean looked like because it's not their fault. It just always came in the can, always ground, already ground. I have brought bags of coffee to some of our neighbors in Gojo. And they are of uh, the older generation. And one of the men that I brought it to actually brought it to a local roaster for them to grind the beans because, of course, he doesn't have a coffee grinder. So I felt a little bit bad about that. That's so crazy. When I go to Starbucks here and get a bag of beans and 
I just want to take it home. They look at me like I'm from Mars. Because you grind your own? Yeah. Oh. So they just, they're like, what do you mean? Like, we, you have to grind your coffee. We are spoiled. I mean, fresh ground beans are like one of the best things in the world. I don't like using the word, but as millennials, we're a little bit, have a cushy life. Uh, some of those things we're really thankful for. Um, how was your week so far? Uh, good week. I, it's been another busy week working in the graves this week. We got kind of a big job and have to get it done by the end of this week. So That's cool. I've always loved podcasts and always wanted to do a podcast. So it was interesting this week as I've been like learning how to set it up for the first time and do all that. That was really interesting to kind of see the behind the scenes of how to do a podcast. That was interesting. So I did that. Sunday, of course, we went to the church that we go to in Osaka, and there was a new family there, a missionaries from Korea that just dropped in randomly. That's cool. So that was fun. They served, guess what they served for lunch? Bibimbap. <laughs> sushi. Korean food. Oh. It was sushi. They usually don't do sushis. A lot of churches do simple things like chicken curry. Right. This church is really cool. They always do something different every week. And that can be a good thing. And that can be a really bad thing. I imagine it's scary on some weeks because some like of the culinary you things have here. no idea what it's going to be each right. week. And we like most of the food and we handle it pretty well. But April's pregnant and sometimes it's hard for her. Yeah. What When my mom was pregnant and in Japan in her first, you know, couple of months in Japan, she also had my brother who was like a year old at the time and she just fed things to him under the table. Yeah, that April does some of that. And I only feel comfortable talking about this because I know that they know that sometimes the food's a struggle and they're probably not going to listen to this podcast in English. Right. So what kind of sushi did you have? So let's get down to the nitty gritty. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty gritty. All right. What kind of sushi was it? I mean, was it all raw fish, like real sushi? Or was it like, I'm sure it wasn't American, California rolls. I don't know the word for some of the elements in there. There were some vegetables. It, it was a seaweed wrap, so it was similar to a California roll. And it had vegetables. So that was really good. And I think there was fish, but I'm not 100% sure. You know how it's like this white thing and you're not sure if it's like right sometimes what do you call those white things that are not fish but they're like a conglomeration of things uh oh it's like a fish paste i, I mean it's it, like i think it might have been like a fish paste stick yeah yeah it wasn't bad yeah no they taste pretty good but the thought of it always kinds of yeah. kind of you know it's like what part of the fish is the stick by the way did you watch the apple event last week no you didn't no did you catch like Did you? The highlights or rundown? No. I also didn't pick my fantasy football team. That's okay. You know, you're I'm working up from to Montana, so that's the second crack at Montana. I'm wondering if we Two should start against saying Kenya. though you're from Montana or you're a Cathcart. Uh yeah. I think you should probably just say I'm a Cathcart because that narrows it down quite a bit more. So they have these things now called iPhones. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yep. Do I got you, I got me one of them. Okay, what 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 are you rocking these days? iPhone seven with a broken camera. Joseph needs a phone, so if you feel like donating a phone to the ministry, hey 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 hey, Joseph will receive it and he will use it for God's glory. The event last week, it was okay, nothing major, a slight upgrade in phones. Do you oh, know, really? Do, do you know what? Oh, it's September. 
It's September. That means that a new phone's coming out, right? Yes. So what is it? The 10S Okay, now this will be fun to ask Supreme? Joseph because he has no idea. What do you think it's called? The iPhone S oh, Supreme? Uh, the 10S. Wait, what do they do? Not plus. I can't even remember what the last one was. Was it it's called? It's usually S. I think it was S-E. called the iPhone 10 S S Max. Yeah, Max. Is that That's what it's the big called? one? Yeah, but they also released the 10 S at the same time. You mean iPhone tennis? Tennis, yes. iPhone tennis. Yeah, I guess so. That's it. Yeah, so the phone this year, they're calling the... I can't wait. iPhone. <laughs> or are they just calling it the iPhone? iPhone 11 Pro. 11 Pro. They're not even going to do just an 11, but an 11 Pro. Is it better? Bigger? Or not bigger, The sizes but... of the phone are exactly the same. A lot of the internals are the same. What's different... Well, I shouldn't say the internals are the same. Of course, it's faster. But right. It has three cameras now. Wait, one, two, three. Three. Why? How could it possibly have three, three cameras? Three divided by four times 21. <laughs> how could it be three? Where's the third one? It's on the back of the, the phone. So you know how, like, your phone has, like, a bump? Uh. Well, now it's got, like, a crater bump. It's huge. So bigger than the 10? It's quite a bit bigger. Yeah, it's like a big square, and there's three little round round cameras in there. Wow. So what So what does that mean? What does it do? Amazing things? Uh, it just takes good pictures. Even better. Yeah. Wow. Of course, there's a new... Like, I thought the 10s took pretty amazing pictures. It does. I love the camera. And the portrait mode. So that's how they do the portrait mode, is with two cameras, right? Right. I haven't had time to look at all this in detail, but basically, there's a telephoto lens, which is what the second camera already does. But now there's like a super wide angle lens to where when you're doing selfies, uh, well, not selfies, it's on the back. That wouldn't make sense. But it, it has a wide angle lens to where you can take really wide shots of a group. Oh, that's cool. So it's the iPhone goes widescreen. Yeah. Sweet. And of course, they released some new software as they always do this time of year. Do you, do you like the software upgrades or do you find it like a chore to upgrade all your devices? Well, so I usually say install tonight because i don't want to install right then but then the problem is i turn my wi-fi off at night two other things all right drum roll Uh, um, do you have a is that too joseph is our sound effects guy so if he doesn't have it on his phone he's he's making it himself by the way if you don't win an emmy for that lion king hey i listened to that check that out in episode one if you didn't get to hear that i got a lot of good feedback from that our kids loved it. <laughs> okay, good. Because that's who's listening. Hey. So two two things. The Apple Arcade. Is that like a game room? Why don't you tell us about it? I don't know what yes, that is. Yes, you do. The Apple Arcade? So is Apple it a game Arcade, room? you could pay $5 a month. Not going to do it. As if society doesn't have enough things to pay monthly. Sure. And you can download these certain games that are part of Apple Arcade that are high quality games. Because you know how you can go to the App Store now? And all the phones are like these casino games where you have to like buy five gems to race around the track one time or something like that. I didn't know that, but that's crazy. That sounds like a way to make money off of us. So Apple's trying to get developers to make games that don't do that where they can still make money on an ongoing basis. Through like? Just through the $5 a month. Oh. Oh, right. Because, okay, cool. Also, do you subscribe to any streaming services? Because Apple just released theirs. Are you going to be a subscriber? They have a streaming service? 
Oh, that's so well, cool. They're releasing one. Well, see, my dad has Amazon Prime and Apple's uh, is $5 a month. That's good. I mean, that's pretty cheap, right? It's okay, but they don't I don't know. I don't obviously pay for one. because they're just now making shows. They're like they're literally making the shows themselves. They don't Apple is they making don't the shows. Have that many. They're investing so 6 billion dollars. So it has to be shows year. that either they buy or they make. Right. And I think as of now, they haven't bought any shows, so they're making all the shows themselves. If you buy an Apple device this year, you get a year of the streaming service for free. That's a cool feature. So I I don't really know how they can compete with like Disney Plus and Amazon and all that, but we'll see how it goes. It's kind of weird that Apple is doing stuff like that. What do you think about that, like them trying out these new things? Well, I think every business just wants to expand and make more money. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, though. Apple does good, like, high-quality stuff. So, it will be interesting to see movies that they made, though. I can't imagine that. They have one, with, they Steve, have they have one with Steve Carell, a melodrama with Steve Carell, so you might enjoy Apple it. does? Because you're a big Dan in Real Life fan, right? Well, I did like that movie. Yeah, it's been a while. So, you mentioned profit, and that's something I've been thinking about. So Apple is the wealthiest con- the wealthiest company in the history of the world. I can believe that. But it's not good enough for people because you're a publicly traded company, you have to constantly be growing. It doesn't matter if you're the first trillion dollar company to ever exist because if you're not growing you have you're to dying. Keep growing. So how is it possible to keep growing? You can't keep growing forever. But that's not really what Steve Jobs did, is it? I mean, he kind of kept it simple streamlined or whatever and said we're going to do these things really really well and we're not going to do all these extra things exactly so is that true to the spirit of steve jobs to open up a video or movie platform i don't think so i mean if you if you're doing everything else exactly right and you're just like looking for something to do then that's one thing but a lot of people feel like on their hardware side that they're not really paying as close attention to it because they're trying to grow their revenue streams and services area. But Steve Jobs, you're right. I think he would look more toward the long term and making great products that would make the company great 20 years from now rather than just try to maximize profits today. Anyways, we could talk about this all day. Every podcast, we like to talk about something interesting, something fun to talk about, bring a focus to it. And today, Joseph's going to talk about something and we'll have a nice conversation about it. Yeah, so... What I've been thinking about lately is what I've been reading about lately. And I guess you can't really call it reading because I'm listening to it. I like to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Do you listen to audiobooks? Um, Yeah, I do. I like to listen to nonfiction on audiobooks. I don't like to listen to fiction. Do you use Audible? No, I hate fiction too. Or just the library. I use the library app called Hoopla because, you know, you get six borrows a month. That's great. Anyway, I spend a lot of time driving and the other time I spend cutting grass we've got lots of grass that needs to be cut so lately i've been reading something or you know i say reading listening to something called growing a revolution that is kind of an unfortunate title because it's like all these keywords millennial type of thing but the gist of the book is bringing our soil back to life it's by david r montgomery and he's the same guy that wrote a book a couple of years ago that was pretty famous called dirt anyway This whole book, the premise of it is how plowing is something that is not good for soil. That's really interesting. So let me go on a little bit. 
here. He intrigue. So, okay, yes. So why do we take vitamins? For our health. Well, yeah, but vitamins are coming from food and they're coming from minerals and things like that in the soil. So the reason we take vitamins these days is because food is depleted of vitamins. It used to be more chock full of vitamins and it got those vitamins and nutrients from the soil. The problem is the soil over the past long time has been being totally degraded and eroding and it's losing lots of those nutrients. I read or I heard something about this on a movie we watched on an airplane a little while ago, last month or whenever, called The Biggest Little Farm. Oh, yes. Did you see that one yeah, on the plane? Yeah, I saw that too. That was really good. So anyway, this guy's done a lot of research, and he blames it on, and he and a lot of other people blame it on several different things, and they all are in regards to the soil and the way we treat the soil. Sorry, that was my phone. That's all right. So he blames it on monocropping, and but the main thing he blames it on is well he also blames it on you know synthetic I, herbicides I, and pesticides should we define monocropping cuz I, I find that really interesting so mono is one and oh, right. so monotheistic is believing in one god monocropping is doing one crop on the same land over and over and over again instead of polycropping which is doing like a rotation of plants like planting corn one year wheat the next year right so like our grandparents they had these these farms and they would just grow everything. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's the better way to do it. But things have gotten so commercial and so big lately that one person will do corn and that's all he does for 50 years on the farm. And what that does is it attracts a certain kind of pest that loves corn. And they're not totally to blame either because they're, they're trying to make a profit and right. Of course. I'm, so there's no blame for anyone necessarily in all of this, but it's, I mean, the blame really is on the love of money because it's always, you know, things, the problems in the world come from this, you know, love for money and income. Anyway, it's fine, whatever. But when you monocrop, it attracts a certain kind of insect and the insects will just love that farm, stay on that farm for a long time. So then they have to spray the ground with poison, which is insecticides. And people do that a lot of different ways. But the main thing that David Montgomery is saying in this book is that plowing is actually the biggest problem for soil degradation and losing the nutrients in the soil and erosion. So these places that have been doing plowing for millennia or centuries. Do you, so you feel like that is correct? Well, these places are actually getting lower. The ground is actually sinking in these places because the topsoil is washing away. It's not being held together by anything. So when I first started listening to this, I, you know, I'm kind of cynical. And so red flag went up and I thought, wait, what about plowing in the Bible? We share that in common. Yes. Bible college. Cause even now I'll, I'll be honest, I'm listening with skepticism. Yeah, I know. I knew, I knew you wouldn't. And that's good. First thought I had was, wait, what about the Bible? Cause doesn't the Bible talk about plowing and like a good thing plowing? So I looked into that, searched the Bible for words like Bible. plowing, words like tillage, all the words that have to do with plowing. And I discovered that though it talks about plowing, it never talks about it in a really positive aspect. And so there's a couple of things. This is this author a Christian? No, no, I don't then think I, so. I can't listen to it. <laughs> uh, I usually prefer to listen to things that aren't Christian because I get my Christianity from the word of God. Yeah. He gets mad when I like play my worship music tunes. <laughs> 
what the author of this book is advocating for is a traditional type of farming called no-till farming, and it's farming without a plow. So again, if you look at history throughout the millennia, and we see it in the Bible as well, you see a lot of famines. And one of the causes of famine, of course, is drought. It doesn't rain. But one of is has always been overplowing. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's overplowing. Right. So if you've watched the Ken Burns documentary on the Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. Ha- have you ever seen can that? You, can you watch it on any streaming service or, yeah, um, or YouTube? Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime, actually. If there's a link, we'll put it up for you. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. And the Dust Bowl is the greatest man-made disaster in the history of America, or maybe the history of the world. And what it is, is all that farmland in the Great Plains, it just became this horrible dust zone for like 15 years, and it really affected the economy in a huge way. And the reason is, is because this new kind of ultra-plowing equipment came out, and people were plowing the stink out of their ground. And so that it breaks up the soil, the topsoil washes away, the soil is depleted of its nutrients, and it's not held together by anything, so that when those Great Plains winds would come, it would just make these awful dust storms, and it killed thousands of people. Okay, I'm with you. That makes a little bit of sense. Okay, so anyway, no-till farming, on the other hand, what it what you do instead of ripping up all of your plants every year and burning them and then replowing the ground is you just knock the plants down so that they sit dead on top of the grass that protects or on top of the dirt and that protects the ground from direct sunlight but it also breaks down all the nutrients that are in those grasses and those nutrients feed the soil i have one question yeah so some people would say that monoculture or monocropping yeah has helped to solve the world's hunger problems you know it used to we used to think that I mean, Africa didn't have enough food. A lot of countries in the world didn't have enough food. But now uh, we're seeing that those problems are almost being solved. Right. But actually what he goes into in this book, and again, it's like a 13-hour book. He traveled all over Africa, South America, interviewing different farms. And it's actually on the decline because the soil is so depleted of nutrients all over the world. It's having a hard time growing. And so if there's not rain or there's not a water source like an aquifer, then those places are actually producing less and less food all the time. So he's saying that it's a, you know, of dire importance, you know, if they want to feed the world, that something has to change. Do you know how much, do you know how old the average apple is that you buy at the grocery store? Uh, just grossly old. I don't know. A year. Uh, I, I think it's six months to a year. Yeah. Cause they keep them in these chambers. Well, and they coat, coat them with wax too, right? They, they cut them with, I don't know what they do. They cut them with wax, you're right. And they keep them in a chamber. If a human goes in that chamber, they'll like die. That's gross. But it, but, but it preserves the apple and it saves the world from hunger. Yeah, yeah, in a way. But still, that world is mostly malnutritioned. Not malnutritioned? Not nutritious. Not, what's the word? Minor detail. <laughs> well, anyway, that's why we're, so we're having to do these things like take vitamins because we're not getting it out of the food. So more things that you do when you when you do no-till farming, you're just knocking that grass down. That grass is feeding the soil. It's also attracting the good kind of insects like worms, which burrow down into the soil. They, of course, leave their own natural fertilizer, and they aerate the soil with all of their tunnels. When you do more than monocropping several different crops, it keeps away these pests that attack, um, you know, these Right, I've seen that. I think that's true. Yeah, it also keeps plant diseases at bay because plants will get these awful diseases. Anyway, if I'm not careful, I'll go on and on. Ice cream truck? Is it? 
That's the second week in a row. That's uh, for Elise by Beethoven. And maybe they're just like trying to serenade us. One of the best things. Maybe they're trying to, maybe they listened to the podcast and And they changed the song. They're trying to get on it each week and it's like their new thing. Okay. So one of the best things about no-till farming is that there's no soil erosion. And so the soil is much healthier. It's not washing away. And when it rains, the ground actually absorbs the moisture so that when drought comes, because drought always comes, instead of causing famine, the soil is holding way more of that moisture and the plants are allowed to stay longer, stay alive for longer. Stop laughing at me. No, I'm not. This is real stuff. I just had a a question that's going to... I hope explode the whole argument. Yeah, I know you would. I knew <laughs> no. you would. I was like, yeah. what about the year of Jubilee? Like, can't we just what about the year of Jubilee? Gar the earth to death and then just let it rest. So no one's doing that though. No one's letting the ground rest every. So it's supposed to be the biblical... rested every seven years. I mean, that's you know, so the... we don't have to do that, but you know, that's Old Testament law. But still, God gave them you know, the best way he said, and if you let the ground rest for a year, every seven years, it's going to be good for the soil. So you're saying in the Bible, they did not do monocrops. I know. I don't know. I don't know what they did. There's famine all through the Bible though. Plowing has been a thing for thousands of years. Yeah. And I'm saying that famine throughout the years, what this guy's saying is that famine throughout the years and destruction of civilizations like the Greek civilization is because of famine, which is because of plowing. And there's a book written in the 30s called The Plowman's Folly, which just is a great title for a book. Anyway. So when we think about like the rise and fall of ancient empires, it wasn't like you have to feed, you have to feed an empire. Armies. It was monocrops that destroyed the world. Exactly. Dun, da, da, da. Uh, I'm just, I'm enjoying this. Okay. So please continue. You know, we could probably take four shows to talk about this. four-part soil series coming your way s-o-i-l what you should do is listen to the book growing revolution by david r montgomery of course he did all his research and they've done tons of testing on farms soil side by side you can see the health of soil the soils that are no-till the grounds that are no-till after the first three years are actually producing more food which is uh really interesting again in my Mm, cynicism i thought wait what about the bible and so when i found in the bible that there's nothing negative application time or that there's nothing uh, exactly positive about plowing i did find a couple of little nuggets mm, nuggets there's some sauce with it little clumps of dirt no nuggets is like a gold nugget i know what <laughs> No, you don't. Do Are you sure you know? I know because what you said. Is. Like, is there any sauce with it? Like, it's you a did it. No, it's a joke. Earth to Matilda. Sorry, mono. Sorry, polycrop. You don't eat at McDonald's, you so you don't know that they have nuggets. <laughs> All right, Proverbs chapter thirteen, verse twenty-three. It's the book of wisdom. Just hardcore wisdom in your face. Just says the truth. This is what it says: Much food is in the tillage of the poor the plowing the tillage much food is in the tillage of the poor but there is that which is destroyed for lack of judgment if okay. this mic but I wasn't hooked up to that, this thing i would drop it on the ground and say is what, that, i don't even know if i'd have to say mic that, drop so if you were reading the bible with without this context of plowing then d- what would you think like 
Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that which is destroyed for lack of Sorry, judgment. What was How the reference? What was the reference again? Proverbs is thirteen twenty three. One verse or two verses? One verse. It's one verse. It's connected. But I haven't. How are those I two know concepts you're saying connected? It's connected? But usually in the Bible, there's couplets in, in Proverbs. I mean, is it four? Is it, it's two couplets? I'm not saying they're not connected, but is it two couplets? Wait, are you selling drum roll things? I mean, couplets is like a drumming word, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that which is destroyed for lack of judgment. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think it's crazy. And then everyone's going to think I'm crazy. I thought, hey, wait a second. So Jesus was no-till. What I mean is he talks about himself as a no-till farmer. So if you remember the parable of the sower, haven't you ever thought like, why is this guy scattering seed all over the place and not in these perfectly furrowed out plows, plow tracks that he made, right? Right, right. right. He scatters seed like a no-till farmer does. I'm just saying, if he is, then maybe we should be. So you're saying the parable of the sower. He wasn't trying to tell us that. I'm saying read the parable of the sower. And he's saying he wasn't that talking he about himself winning is the souls, sower. But he was talking about. No, I'm saying tell. that his farming method is the same. Okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's. I never thought about that. But I'm well, not. I, I think. Now I think, you have thought about that. I think that. it's something to chew on for sure. Would you call it nitty gritty? Um, nitty gritty. Um, down and dirty rolling in the mud type of discussion yeah soil hey i'm down for it but yeah hey you like, like this music? music that i set for this yeah it's wait great. till you hear the punchline it's very you're gonna love it listen farmer ass poor old dirt farmer he's lost all his until next time we'll see you guys this is bob and joseph have a great week stay golden 